0: <laughs> What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It. What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It.
1: You're listening to Made It.
0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It. Where we're telling the stories of the legends that made it. Of legends who made it to inspire the next generation of black sellers.
1: You're rocking with the Sales for the Culture crew.
0: You're rocking with the Sales for the Culture crew. That's me, Mercy.
1: What Shelton? Me, Nikki. And Jacob. All right, y'all. Who are we chopping it up with today? So, listen, y'all, today we're chopping it up with Shaniqua Davis, my sister from another mother, hustle sister, business sister, ally here in Chicago. I mean, she, what, what could, I can't say enough about Shaniqua. It's one of those, she's one of those women that you just gotta Google to see how real it is. So, bags of awards WeWork's Young Innovator Award, Midwest Women Tech Founder Development Leadership Award, Chicago Startup to Watch in 2018 Award, Crane's Tech 50 List Award. Walker's Legacy Power 15 Award, 40 under 40 award, Chicago Innovators 50 on fire award. Like, I mean, fire. She, she's making it and so excited to chop it up with a hope y'all enjoy
0: it. Let's go. Come on.
1: Yeah, you gotta introduce yourself. You gotta talk, you gotta, you gotta tell the people who you are, what you do.
0: Cool, cool. I'm Shaniqua Davis. I'm the founder and CEO of Norify. Um, I'm also a serial hustler, so I have a number Mm -hmm. of other entities that I'm working on, but Norify is my bread and butter um, of what I've been working on for the last four and a half years now. Um, And we are essentially a diversity tech tool that connects minority professionals to companies across the country
1: man you said bread and butter so basically your your side hustle is no longer your your side hustle huh it's your main hustle
0: yeah my side hustle became my main hustle out of nowhere like i didn't really know that this is what i was going to be doing for the next 4 years um i tried something and i was like you know what i'm going to create this solution on the side um and now it's like my full time job and it's uh it's crazy how life worked out
1: so we gonna come back to the north fast. So I know you didn't start here. People do the whole woke up like this. I'm pretty sure you didn't wake up like this. So let's let's talk about where you started at. Like uh, mm-hmm. talk, walk me through, walk me through the struggle.
0: The struggle.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about throw me, throw me back. Like you gotta, you gotta just give me some, just the raw like pieces wow. of you that, that people, uh, you know, especially black folks that may not think that they may be able to make it out of. So get, yeah, give me the yeah. struggle.
0: Well, um my story is um one of kind of I guess it it is it's just this born in struggle, right? So if we go back and tell the whole story, like
1: I want the preview of a of a of, the, a, of my book? Yeah, of the book. Of like so where you where you from? Like where what, what where where you from from?
0: So I was born and raised on the east side of Detroit. And so the don't do that but though Ooh, I, I'm, laughing,
1: laughing. Like, I'm from chicago they'd be like west side i'd be like south
0: side. i know well that's what i was gonna say that's why i have to specifically point out the east side of detroit because when just like you know you south siders or west siders it's, it's a vast distinction between the people who grew up in these neighborhoods so for me um i say that the east side is the hustle side of the city so the west side of the city is the flashy side where you see a lot of people just who I don't know where they got the money from, but they showing off and all these fancy cars and they doing all this stuff. And they, and we don't know about that. And on the East side, um, I think a lot of my family, the people, well, I know a lot of my family, the people that I grew up around, my friends, the my neighborhood, everybody's hustling and trying to get somewhere, right? And sometimes that hustle comes with like sacrifice and loss. And I feel like throughout my life, my journey has really been like, A journey of like a sacrifice to get a win. Unfortunately, Um, with that, I think the first sacrifice I ever had, and it wasn't even a sacrifice for me. It was just I don't I don't even know if it was a sacrifice. Let me after I tell the story, we'll determine if it's a sacrifice. Okay, Um, yeah. um, But the first struggle that I came in contact with was losing my father when I was two years old.
1: Wow, I did not know that.
0: Yeah. So when I was two years old, my father was killed. Um, in the house that we were sleeping in upstairs. Mm. So my mother, she was a single mother. She, um, she had three kids by the time she was, I think my mom was like 21, 22. And my dad was 24 when he was killed. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I grew up essentially without that father piece in my life, um, outside of having my uncles up until the age of 13 when my mom got remarried um and to my my wonderful stepfather who is has you know been there for us but throughout those journeys I like I learned so much about myself so much about my mother who was you know on her grind I've never saw my mom like not work not find a way out of something like even with having us so young I always watched her find a way for us to have something so for me naturally I'm I've never felt like I couldn't get anything because the women in my life the closest women in my life, always found a way to get it, even with sacrifice existing, not having main pieces in place. So for me, um, I think that helped helped me develop a story with saying like, you don't need all the pieces in place to make something happen, to move forward, to advance. Um, So that's where I was talking about, I'm like, sometimes there comes with sacrifice, comes with uh, strength, but that's my background um, at my earlier years. Now it gets a little crazier,
1: Hold on on. Hold, before we move out man I, I just got blown away by that like man lost your father at the, the age of two mm-hmm. hey, how many siblings do you have you, you said you have siblings three 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 other
0: two so There's i have two, two other y'all. siblings by my mother so yeah so we were all in the same household i'm the oldest
1: all right so now before you go let me just ask you this so you said uh, east side of detroit got it man you painted the picture i got mm-hmm. chills from just the picture uh, did you have a, a did you ever? were you focused on getting out of there? Were you like, or was it like you wasn't even thinking about it at the, at, that at the time? Like great. I
0: wasn't focused on getting out of there because I didn't feel like I was in anything. Like, I didn't feel like I was struggling. Like, I don't feel like I ever, I didn't realize I was in a bad situation, bad situation, quote unquote, until I got out of it and everybody told me I was living in a bad situation. I'm like, huh? How'd that work? Like, I feel like I had everything I needed. Like, I had people around me. I loved everybody. You know, I went to school. I played sports. I was winning stuff. I was on my way to college. Like, I didn't feel like I missed out on anything. Like, it wasn't until actually... um, You know what? I can tell you my first uh, experience when I realized that maybe somebody thought the way of my life or something was wrong. And it was when my mom... um, first met uh, my stepdad we moved from the east side of Detroit to the suburb in the uh outside of metro Detroit called Warren and that was the first time I got my like first racist experience and I like I the I, De- Detroit is a black city mm-hmm. like it is run by black people It's black people in every neighborhood so I'm used to being around black people when I see my people, those are my people. Nobody seems like a threat to me. Nobody seems rich. Nobody seems poor. We good. Yeah. When I got to Warren, I remember me and my sister, we were walking down the street, and this white lady came out the house, and she was like, what are you niggas doing here? Go to your side of the town. I'm like, I looked at my sister. I
1: said, who she <laughs> <laughs> is? Is about to come out like, you <laughs> she
0: are you talking to like what do you mean she was, i was like i was so confused and i was like i wanted to react because like i don't know i think i was going through like some rebellious stage in my head mentally because i did not want to be outside of detroit i wouldn't didn't want to be outside of what i was used to yeah. and in addition to me moving outside of what i was used to i'm now being in a place where somebody's trying to tell me that i don't belong here and they're trying to tell me to go back to the dirt which Man. was outside of detroit and i'm like my neighborhood is fine so like that's when the first time i really got a chance to like maybe realize oh somebody's trying to make it seem like where i grew up is worse than you know where they where they're coming from but um we stayed out there for a few more years uh went through a few more crazy things and then we moved back to the city and um i was good that good Man,
1: how, you said you, you was 11 when that happened like your first
0: Yeah, I was 11. I was 11 Um, when that happened. And I mean, there were a few other encounters like that happened um, while I was in middle school. It was just, I noticed so many different things about how black children and their interactions are viewed compared to like the environments of where I grew up in. It just seemed like in, once we moved to the suburbs, um, it just seems like one, we had to try harder to be, make it seem like we belonged in that neighborhood. It's just like, okay, we got to make sure we're on our P's and Q's at all times because we don't want to seem like we're these unfit, you know, yeah. people from the east side of Detroit who essentially it's the jungle. We we don't want to seem like we're coming from there. we're better, we made it out of there. But it, to me, it was a terrible experience because I'm like, I don't want to be here.
1: Yeah, it, so- so- it sounds like man, that's your first interaction with code switching. Sound like that's when you just like, code switching came on and you, trying to fit in, the the non-inclusive environment. That's your introduction to it, huh?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that was my first introduction to um, not being included and somebody making me feel like I had to do something else to include, but I've never been about code switching. Like I was just like, um, I'm gonna be myself. And people were uncomfortable with that. People have always been uncomfortable with me showing up as my true and authentic self but for me, it's worked out in the long run because it's, it's crazy to like, you know, since we're talking about this going 360, like I feel like everything that I went through then, I'm living out and trying to change the minds of for people across the country right now.
1: Yeah. All right. We can't get there yet. We can't get there yet. All right. Come on. All right. So, what other, what other, so give me one more struggle, one or two more struggles just to, that, that people may be able to relate to this so they can know who you are.
0: I, mean, I got one or two i got so many I'm i know sure. i know look this is the
1: book though it's the, the preview know, of the book before you so write
0: it. i'll go i'm gonna fast forward so um after we moved out of the suburbs and we went back to uh detroit um high school so preparing i'm uh preparing to go to college going on all these hbcu tours i just knew i was going to an hbcu i thought i was going to fam you i was so excited getting all prepped for that right um and then getting all my stuff together, celebrating with my friends. We're talking about where we're going to go, this and that, what we're going to do for prom and uh, graduation. And then so uh, the day before prom, I dislocated my shoulder mm. right, from jumping in the pool. I was trying to be all reckless and have fun. I jumped <laughs> in the pool, knocked my shoulder out of socket. Go to the hospital, find out I'm pregnant with my daughter. Day before prom, right? Wow day before prom like some news that i wasn't even expecting because first of all nobody expects me me i'm a good cousin first of all i'm <laughs> a cousin that everybody expects to be on their p's and q's and i'm the cousin everybody they thought this would happen to didn't happen to <laughs> it happened to me and I, and um it was just crazy to me because i i don't i didn't i didn't picture that from my life i just i guess i wasn't just being young and stupid like i mean when i say young and stupid i'm not saying the outcome was stupid i'm saying being at the time not fully prepared for what i was about to enter yeah um, that was like something that really like kind of catapulted my life into becoming like the woman that i am today but also the the entrepreneur friend um you know what is it sister whatever I need to be like everything from those struggles including finding I was pregnant the day before I was prom I mean the day before prom really kind of like helped shape me to become a very very resilient person so that summer was extremely hard
1: yeah
0: um like uh i don't i don't even usually like to talk about it because it makes me really really emotional thinking about all the stuff that kind of went into like oh my god my life is shifting what do i do people are disappointed my mom was mad at me my mom didn't talk to me for two months after i found out that i was pregnant and i had to go to college by myself my grandma she got me a greyhound ticket up to college and i went up there by myself because my mom she was so she was so disappointed in me and just to fast forward now, like, her granddaughters is her everything. Like, I yeah. literally cannot get her back right now, my daughter. Oh, oh, oh. So big <laughs>
1: ups to you for still. I was about to ask you, like, so did you still go to college? Like, you still you still pregnant with the baby, went to college, handed your biz? And
0: absolutely. Like- absolutely. I, my daughter, she graduated college with me. Literally, she got a cap and gown, and she walked <laughs> with me. And, like, she was with me. You know, that wasn't – I had a lot of people telling me when I had my daughter that my life was over. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing that kind of um, influences me is t- people telling me what I can't do. Like, yeah. I hate, well, I'm not gonna say I hate it. I love it when people tell me what I can't do because, oh my God, you want to see me go crazy and work hard, tell me what I can do. So Motivation. I yeah, the, the next four years, um, I graduated in four years on time. Um, years I,
1: on time, with the Yeah, baby. I
0: never took a semester off outside of the semester I took to have my daughter and then when i got to school like i just found a way to like make it work i found childcare. luckily michigan state university they offered a very good like family education program so there yeah. were like, child care grants and like all types of stuff in place that helped me kind of navigate through college now it was not easy yeah. at all it was absolutely hard um but it's not harder than anything that i'm doing right now because those steps Navigating, being able to like move around. Okay, I gotta figure this out. There's an obstacle, obstacle, obstacle. This all helped me right now. So four years later, yeah, my daughter she graduated with me, cap and gown. She graduated uh, preschool when I graduated from college, and we both we had a big old graduation party.
1: Bro, people need to. Everybody need to hear that, man. I'm pretty sure <laughs> some moms out there right now that maybe just finding out they're pregnant. Like what I'm about to do. It's some moms that just had their kids and just like ah, oh, I gotta. Sh- man make some decisions man so that, that people need to hear that so so what did you go to college for because I, I feel like that i gotta ask that uh just because i feel like you said man you you have this vision of what you wanted to be when you what, what did you want to be when you grew up well what, 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 uh, what, when you went uh, to college what was it?
0: i did not have a vision of exactly who i wanted to be or what i wanted to be i just wanted to be a millionaire
1: mm, money that's you know so i need I'm to make sure. money
0: I am not, like, that's all I studied when I was like, uh, so I went to Michigan State. I thought I was going to go to FAMU. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously that changed once I found out I was having my daughter. And when I was studying career paths, like, I wasn't studying career paths based off of interest. Like, I was studying career paths based off of dollar. And I was like, okay, what careers is going to make make me the most money when I graduate from college? And the first thing that popped up was um, chemical engineering. I'm a mm. bet. <laughs> and then I saw I signed up I got accepted into the college of engineering and then the first schedule I got math statistics analytics data chemistry I was like no 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 degree me like <laughs> I was like we're not doing this so the next uh thing I wanted to do I was like okay I'm gonna go into political science because I'm gonna join the um I wanted to join the Air Force. Um, because if I joined the Air Force while I was in school, I could come out the uh, come out, come out of the university as an officer and all of my college would be paid off. And I was like, boom, that sounds great. So we're gonna do that. I'm gonna get a good job. But then the air force was like, Oh, actually, you're a single parent, so you don't qualify unless you give up all the rights of your child to somebody uh, else. It's
1: like psych.
0: New degree me. So <laughs> moving on to the next thing. <laughs> so like long story, like or fast forward, I want to say within like the first two years of college, like I was still doing because the first two years of college just nothing but core work. Yeah,
1: me, like, yeah, right.
0: Yeah. So for the first two years of college, I switched my major like five times mm. maybe just because I was trying to find out what worked for me. Like yeah. I'm just like, okay, I want to do this, I don't wanna do that, I wanna do this. Um, but what I landed on uh was studying um uh, media and information technology. Okay. And what it, it's actually, it wasn't me landing on that. That was actually something I really enjoyed doing. Um, I went to trade school for two, uh, three years studying uh, video technology, graphic design, web design, all of that stuff. So I was already equipped to do that. So when I went to college, I was like, "Well, I already did this for three years. I don't want to do something else." But it led me right back to that. Mm. Um, and what it did for me was it really opened. I feel like my degree was the best degree in the college because it pre- prepped me for two different worlds. One, it prepped me for being able to uh, work in a digital world and understand how people process things. So that's my graphic side of things where I'm doing digital and understanding brands and how to connect with people. But then on the other side of that, you need to know how to program and develop and get into the things to understand how to make these digital things work. So I was able to take on computer science classes and do web
1: design, and now I'm doing all of that in real life right now, so. Yeah, dope, man, came full. Circle. So now I gotta ask you, man, you you end up in tech sales and, uh or in sales 2014, how, how did that, you know, you went to school for media, graphic design, like IT was your thing, how you end up in, 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 in tech sales and did it help?
0: Yeah, so, no, well, mm, Kind of. So actually, that was not my first sales job. My first sales job was the first job I got out of college, which was working for Verizon um, for Verizon Wireless. Okay. Mm,
1: that and, job ain't on the resume.
0: Because <laughs> uh, it was the worst job I ever had, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you why in a second.
1: Let's talk about this this tech sales job. So you you end up at a tech sales job. How how that happened? Well, um, so the
0: tech sales job in Chicago that I got was not the first tech sales job that I actually had. So, well, I don't even know if I would say that maybe it was the first tech sales job, but it was not the first sales job I had. The first sales job I had was, um, working for Verizon Wireless right out of college. That ain't the resume.
1: Come on. Let's talk
0: about it. Not on my resume because it was literally the worst job I ever had. Mm. And I say that because it was the worst job in so many different formats, not to give shade to uh, Verizon because I would love to have them as a customer today, but I'm saying this from a um, standpoint of like, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Like I had studied all this time to like, you know, understand media and graphics and web design and understanding people and the only job I could get Like, no matter, I had four internships under my belt once I graduated from Michigan State. Um, The only job I could get was a retail job. Like, I didn't need to go to college to get this job. Mm. And I was like, I just got all of these loans. And the only person that wants to accept me or the only company that wants to accept me is Verizon. Again, I'm not throwing any shade to anybody. And... It just for me. I just felt like I had worked so hard to get into like these exceptional companies, or you know, I thought I was going to come out making like ninety thousand dollars out of college, and that just was not my reality. So, I had like I was like kind of crushed with um, the reality of what was happening. But I will tell you what led me to my um, first tech sales job is working. Oh, oh, oh
1: in- I gotta ask because since now we got Verizon out there. So was you you had the kiosk, or was you in the store? Was you in the mall? Was you was you the? No, I was
0: I was on like, I was in like a mall strip, oh.
1: like in
0: the retail strips. It was terrible, oh. it was terrible because every day I would go in there and I'm like, um, one thing I will say to people is to tell people what you want. Like I've gotten everything I've wanted in life by telling people what I want, like close mouths, do not get fed. That's not a cliche statement. If you want something, you need to ask for it. Everything I've ever wanted, I've gotten because I've talked too much about it and people got tired of hearing it. Um, So when I used to walk into Verizon, I used to be like, yeah, you know, I'm only here because I'm trying to make my way to the top. This is my, you know, this is my entrance into the store. So I'm starting with this retail job and everybody around me. I don't know. I don't know if the word is going to be played at, but I'm pretty sure once it gets on LinkedIn, a lot of people that I worked with. Hey, um, (laughs) y'all, I used to come in here and I used to annoy them and I used to be like, hey, um, you know, I'm I'm going to be in marketing soon. So once I get into marketing, I'll be able to help you all with this. And they're like, Y'all not, you're all never going to get in marketing. You're going to be right here with us. We've been here for 17 years, blah, blah, blah. And I used to, I remember they used to say that to me so much. I remember one time I pulled up and I looked at the store and I just started crying in the car. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to go. Um, but <laughs> i was like and then i remember when i was hearing that and i was like this is the last time i'm ever gonna cry over a job this will never happened. it's exactly how i don't want to be in a work environment like this people telling me what i can and i can't do but the next day one of the guys that um he was like one of the uh, outside business reps so he would come in and out the store and he would always hear me talking about like marketing and sales and he came in and he was like hey you know um i just got hired as the vp of sales for this company and i always hear you talking about you know marketing and sales i'm gonna bring you on board i was like deuces out and i was gone oh. that was my first real job <laughs> i was doing marketing and i was doing sales so that was the first time i really got to experience like working in one working a real marketing job and working like a nine-to-five but i also got to dabble into sales and i was like you know what as a marketing professional, I, I think I really need to understand what it takes to sell sell these products that we are producing. So I'm, I'm gonna try to go into a sales job. So mm. I started applying to different sales roles, led me to Chicago, and I landed at a small startup here in Chicago um, doing sales.
1: Mm, look at that. So then like, all right, so let's talk about, I feel like you made it, you know, I feel like you made it, so what, well, no, you ain't make it because I know what your goals are. You about this, you about this bread. But like for for somebody for the old school, you you know you've come a long way. Uh, you know for somebody at you know fifteen that's struggling, you know what. What is this vision of making it look like for you? I guess is the next question. I feel like you have made it a long way, right? You ain't made I, it, but like you made yeah. it a long way.
0: I think for me, um, when I think about making it. I think that I have accomplished a lot. I do. I will say that I think when I think back on, I'm only 30 years old. And when I think back on how much I've been able to see within this 30 year period. And when I compare that to all of the obstacles that were in place of that to stop me from getting there, I'm like, okay, you did that. So to, to me, I guess I can say that I have made it to some, I've made it to the point where I want to be, but I'm still, I still have a lot longer to go. I don't think I have a defining made it point. Um, I think I'm making it. And when I say I'm making it, it, it means that I'm trying every day to get to a new goal. Every time I hit one goal, I'm already thinking about my next goal. I'm like, all right, I did that. Next goal, next goal, next goal for me. I'm in a continuous state of growth and learning. And the more that I take on, Um, the more I fail, the more I just want to keep trying. So I think I'm making it. That's That's what I'm
1: yeah. Uh, let's say made it out of the stage one. Cause I feel like folks, uh, we gotta, we gotta define make it to levels or something. Cause I feel like folks be like, oh, I'm trying to get six figures. And if I could just make it to six figures, or I'm trying yeah. to get my own place. If I could just get my own place or my own car or my yeah. make sure my family straight. Right. And so is it safe to say like you, you need the six figure thing, you got your own place your own car. Like mm-hmm. you ain't on the, you know, nothing wrong with the east side of the truck. Cause yeah. I ain't on the south side of Chicago, but I got the option to move how I want to yeah. move. Is, is that true?
0: Yeah, that's me. I feel like, you know, having the flexibility to move around as you want to. Um, but that comes with the process of being made um, and be in making it. I think that with ev- whatever your goal is, everybody's goal is different. Everybody's level of what they define as success is different. Um, some, I don't know, some people, like for me, I, I'm going to be successful when I got a million dollars in my pocket. That's that's mine. So that's not associated with a business or anything else. That's my actual money and I guess I would say that to me I'll say I made it to that goal so I for anybody else I think in order to make it anywhere or to make it to whatever goal you define you just got to start in steps and actually continue to challenge yourself over and over again and also understand that it's not going to be easy I don't approach anything with an easy task and I I love having conversations with people who be like you know that's gonna be so hard and you know nobody's doing that okay if everybody was gonna do it then everybody would have already done it I want to be the person to knock that out that's me making it that's me making a way out of my situation so just kind of finding a way to kind of like tiptoe I'm not even gonna say tiptoe to dive in to each step to get to where you want to be you you'll get there
1: yeah, so let's let me, let's talk to those folks that's like in retail jobs. It's working like you know, nothing wrong with retail jobs. Ain't nothing wrong with Verizon, the Sprint, or working at the bank. I worked at the bank before, but those retail jobs—they've been there for like two years, three years. They hate it, you know. Would you recommend kind of a similar career path? Like you jumped into tech sales? Would you? Would you? Would you recommend that to them? Yeah, I will. I will
0: first think about what it is that you want to do in the long run. Like what makes you happy? Because when I, okay, so I got to back up. When I was talking about retail and working at Verizon, I wasn't talking about retail being a bad job because it's a bad job. And you know, it's the worst thing you can do in life. I was talking about, Retail specifically in that environment that I worked in was not healthy for me because I wanted so much more. Yeah. But in order to get there, I knew I had I had a path in mind. So I knew I wanted to do marketing itself. So I got a job at retail and retail at Verizon. Cause I'm like, I could see myself working for the marketing department at Verizon. So let me start here. So I had a path in mind. So to whoever, wherever you're working at, regardless of that, if you have a path in mind. You just need to start making sure that everything you do is an intentional step to get there. No matter what seems like it gets in the way, whatever you do, I think those things naturally start to come to you. Because for example, I was going into a job that I had the intention of getting into a marketing role, but I was going into a job that I hated every day. I also had somebody telling me, that ain't gonna happen you're not gonna work there like you're not gonna get into the marketing department it's just not gonna happen for you but from me talking about it me being intentional about it somebody actually came to me and was like here's a marketing opportunity for you Hmm. so um i guess that's what i would suggest is just to kind of like find out exactly what it is you want to do and do everything you can within the means of what you have at that moment to get there like and just keep trying like it's not going to be easy so
1: Dope, dope. All right, so last two things, right? So, like, if you had to tell a group of your younger selves something, right? And literally your younger selves if like, you when you've just got that news, you jumped in the pool, you got this dislocated shoulder, you at the hospital, you, like, life is about to shift for you. But, like, man, they about to be you when they grow up. What would you tell What's this pep talk? What would this pep talk sound like to you? And, and it's and it's not, we're going to it this to women, like, to this woman that's just like, man, I'm look, I'm listening to this. What would you tell her?
0: I would tell... So if I go back to that pool and I knew everything that was going to happen after jumping into that pool, I'll be standing on a ledge talking to myself and I would say, jump.
1: <laughs> jump. Jump. Jump.
0: Jump in. Whatever happens after you jump, you'll figure it out. For example, when I jumped in that pool, I jumped in like 13 feet of pool, first uh, of water. Like, I, I can't even swim like that. I don't even oh, know why I did it. Lord. I jumped into that pool not expecting it to be as deep as it was like I jumped into the pool I thought I was gonna jump in and come right back up when I jumped in that water I kept sinking like I kept going down and and I was trying to touch the ground I couldn't touch the ground I couldn't find it but in me not being able to touch the ground I panicked and I tried to swim against the like what was naturally happening me happening me going down I tried to swim up against it and dislocated my shoulder Mm. and I feel like you know, once I dislocated my shoulder, I had to figure out how to get out of there. I think this is actually a very good life story because if I would have naturally just let things happen the way they were supposed to, once I jumped, I would have came back up and nothing would have been wrong. Mm. So, what I'm telling, what a, my story is like, whatever standing in front of you, like whatever fear is in front of you, just jump, like jump into it, and then you'll figure it out as you go. You learn something from it. I learned something from it. I've learned something every step of like, the way like good the bad the ugly the great whatever i'm learning i'm
1: still learning so. and we are all right so now you gotta give a shameless plug so what what can they if folks want to get in contact with you if they want to find out about your brand if they want to get to know you your company if they want to invest in your company if they want to become a customer of your compa- company on either side where what what yeah. could they find you at
0: Yes, so again, my bread and butter is Norify, and um, we can be found you gotta, across. You gotta spell
1: all it. You gotta spell it too, because you know Norify. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be, you know, I before e except after.
0: I'm about to get there. So <laughs> we can be found across all platforms as Norify, and that's N-O-I-R-E-F-Y, and that's Noir in French, and it stands for like amplify and all of that jazz. So we amplifying the um voices across the country that are typically not getting that light but outside of that i told y'all i'm a serial hustler so i'm gonna give myself another shameless plug that i'm also doing some business consulting and all of that so if you need any assistance with developing like your websites and all of that i can help with that as well so hit me up there um i could be found at shaniqua at norify.com
1: man dope well we appreciate you for coming on the show the black sales star show and uh, keep keep hustling, Shaniqua, keep hustling.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me.
1: Cool, cool, all right. Boom, all right. That's this week's drop on Made It, brought to you by Sales for the Culture.
0: Hey, Nikki, if I love what I just heard and I'm Black, what do I do now? Whether you're in tech sales already or not, let's get you connected at salesfortheculture.com.
1: If you're Black, you're looking for your shot to make it and you're wondering if tech sales might be your lane, when you go to salesfortheculture.com, we'll get you hooked up with Rework. They're a nonprofit organization educating uh, all sorts of folk, but but black folk too on on how to get into tech sales. Rework will train you and get you in a sales job. One of our partner companies like Pinterest, Salesforce, LinkedIn, and more. And going through Rework won't cost you a dime. Trust me, I know I'm the CEO. You don't need any experience. We don't care about your background.
0: So whether you went to Stanford like me,
1: or you didn't finish high school like me, if you bring the grind and the coachability, Rework will give you a shot.
0: Okay, so that's if you're not in tech sales, but what if you're Black and already in the game? If you're
1: Black and working in tech sales right now, you already know what it is. You can go to salesfortheculture.com too to get plugged into our Slack community with hundreds of other Black tech sellers pushing one another towards
0: me. And you'll find top shelf training opportunities, cookouts, industry-leading mentors, and other Black folk to grind with so you don't have to build alone.
1: All right, y'all. Passes on to someone you know who needs to hear about more Black folk that made it. Keep doing it for the culture, and we'll see y'all next week.